it was a kind of courage to say, I'm going to change my whole life when my whole life has been about one specific industry and one specific thing. And it was really scary. Um, I felt like a failure. Um, you know, even when I took the job and started getting these big paychecks and had this whole new life, I still felt kind of like I was playing a part in this, in this new world. Um, but it was, it was a, it was a big deal. Hi everyone, this is Katie Archibald Anders. Welcome to Learning Courage, where we learn together how to live bigger, more courageously, and hopefully, ultimately, more joyfully. Hi everyone. We're talking about musical theater today. My guest, Emma Giffen, and I met at our first professional musical theater job almost 20 years ago, and we have been dear friends ever since. In this episode, Emma talks about her decision to walk away from a career in musical theater after it had been a huge part of her identity for several years. We talk about finding the courage to stop doing something and chart a new path, dealing with the resulting feelings of failure, and ultimately realizing that the love of music and performing never leaves you. This conversation reminded me that our callings and passions are to be treasured and nurtured, and they don't necessarily have to be our career or they don't have to pay the bills in order to be worthwhile and important. So without further ado, let's get into our conversation. Here's Emma. So, you know, I mean, I met you when I was 19, my first professional show at Allenberry Playhouse in small town Pennsylvania. I'd left school because I, you know, got the audition and, and had moved. And it was shocking to a lot of people, but not to me, because I had spent my whole life, there was nothing else I ever wanted to do besides musical theater. You know that. Um, it's what I loved. I trained at it. It meant everything to me. And so that was an exciting opportunity. Um, you know, just picked up, moved to New York, had the most amazing experience, you know, from, I remember even the hard time super fondly, like waiting outside of, you know, one of the studios at 4 a.m. when it's snowing for some, you know, cattle call for Mamma Mia for like third girl on the left in a bikini. <laughs> I loved it. I loved all of it. And New York was everything I dreamed it would be. And I was so, you know, fortunate to meet such wonderful people and be, play the parts I wanted to play and be in beautiful productions. And, you know, it was a solid six years of, you know, ups and downs, but I, I worked a lot. I felt good, um, traveled a ton, had the most, you know, fun 
things happen in New York City, which you really can't explain. Like even now I look back and I'm like, did that really happen? Like, did we really get off a train in Astoria, Queens at like 2 a.m. and go to the, the beer garden or some Greek restaurant? You know? <laughs> um, but it was just a whole beautiful, wonderful thing. And then, you know, all of a sudden, I think I was 25 which was, it's funny because at that time I felt old and I'm like, yeah. oh, what I, what I do to be 25 again. <laughs> exactly. um, um, but it'd been a solid, you know, six or whatever years of me for, for of performing. And there was a switch um, when I came back from a show and auditioning wasn't fun anymore. I felt I would get sick at the equity building before auditions. Um, and it was an odd time to feel so out of sorts because I finally had an agent. I was working so much. I had my, you know, my equity card. I was doing the things I wanted to do. I did my off-Broadway show and I still, I, something fell off. I was tired of the grind. Um, I wasn't necessarily tired of New York City yet, but I was tired of living there, you know, on a performer's salary. Um, because no matter how well you do, once the show's over, you know, you're, you're back to, mm -hmm. to square one, doing whatever you do in between. And it just was feeling off. And I had a temp job in between when I'd come home from doing, it was this like premiere in Toronto of Frankenstein, the musical. It was like a rock opera sung all the way through. It was crazy, awesome, but crazy. I didn't come back feeling like super fulfilled like I had from other shows and um, was doing a temp job for the week at a hedge fund of all places and was at this hedge fund. Um, didn't think anything of it. Was at the front desk, just answering calls. I didn't know what a blackberry was, except in the sense that it was a fruit. So like, I didn't know, you know, this life <laughs> of a blackberry after work and answering emails. And, you know, if you don't respond, you're either dead or fired. Like it just was something, I mean, I was a college dropout technically that had just been singing and dancing for a living my whole life. Um, but I ended up talking to and doing something for the COO and he had been looking for an executive assistant and it had all these, you know, girls come through. Like I was actually helping him with interviews that week from, you know, Brown, Harvard that wanted to be his assistant and then work up within the finance industry. And he offered me a job and it was the most bizarre thing like to go from, you know, Beauty and the Beast and Disney, you know, to Wolf of Wall Street. Um, it was crazy. And it, it was about four weeks, the whole process of, you know, interviewing and figuring it out of HR telling him, dude, you really shouldn't do this. And he was like, I don't care. I'm going to do it. And I'll forever be grateful to him. He was such a nice guy. Um, but something said, you know, I really think you need a break. And I, th I think you should do this. Um, and it was, it was devastating because I, I, I ended up taking it because I go on what I felt, I was going on what I felt. And I really feel like in life, there's a good balance of going on what your instinct is and listening to your heart, but also thinking rationally. Um, and I took it and it changed my whole life. And, you know, it wasn't courage in the sense of um, a situation where there was something super dramatic happening or, or I was ill or threatened. Um, it was a kind of courage to say, I'm going to change my whole life when my whole life has been about one specific industry and one specific thing. And it was really scary. Um, I felt like a failure. 
um, you know, even when I took the job and started getting these big paychecks and had this whole new life, I still felt kind of like I was playing a part in this, in this new world. Um, but it was, it was a, it was a big deal. Uh, I think that performing, you know, as you know, it's so personal. It's not like going to a job interview and just, you know, showing them your set of skills. It is like your whole being. Like when you go to a casting call and you sing your 16 bars or dance your, you know, the, the 30 seconds of a, of a routine, when you get rejected, your whole being gets rejected. When you get the job, you're on cloud nine because it's you that they want. Um, and it's, it's very personal and very, very vulnerable. And I loved it. it. It still is, I think, my first love and will always be my first love. But it was a, it was, it was, it was a big deal. And for many years after, even though I, I believe things happen for a reason, and I'm, I'm glad it was the step I needed to take. Um, it hurt, and it felt. I felt in the back of my mind like I had given up on something I'd put basically my whole 25 years of my life into. So that was that was hard. It was hard to be in New York City, not as a singer or a dancer. You know, it was hard to not um, be creating. But it was, you know, looking back, like in the way life has gone for me now, which is totally opposite of what I, I mean, at this point, I thought I'd still be, you know, performing on Broadway, singing and dancing, you know, maybe like have a Tony Award, like who knows, which is so far-fetched, who knows what anybody's going to do. Um, but that was a big Big, a big deal. And I know you were there for a lot of it. And it was, it was scary. And I think of all of our friends, it was kind of a random and quick and sudden um, departure from the industry. So yeah, it was, it was hard. And it, it took, you know, courage, but it also just took trusting yourself. And when you're 25, it's, you think you know yourself. And, and I'm not saying that you don't, and you know, you value your, I value a 25 year old very much and they're in an exciting and fun part of life, but you, you don't really know yet um, if you can fully trust you know, these yeah. big steps or leaps that you're taking. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big deal for me. And it was, you know, a, a few years of that and then into motherhood, which is also a huge shock, a huge change. Um, and then I moved across country and it was really that, that morning that I called the hedge fund back and said, yes, I'm taking this job changed the whole outcome. It was like a, the sliding door situation, yeah. you know, we're like, could I gotten on the subway on this side yeah. on 57th street or on the other side. And on that particular side, it went, my life went a whole other way. And if, you know, if I hadn't said yes, I feel like I probably still would be performing Um, my husband and I still would be somewhere on the East coast, if not in New York. Um, I don't know if I'd have the, the children I have now, cause you know, everyone, everything comes from Mm -hmm. these, these steps that you take and it'd be a very different life. So, Mm -hmm. and I, I take comfort that performing never really leaves you. Um, it finds you in different ways and it sets you up, um, in any social situation in a way that I don't think others have, um, of a, a viewpoint of the world that we have as performers, just knowing to read how people feel and, you know, different sorts of music and different sorts of, uh, you know, being, being empathetic and just kind of trying to understand things on a, on a different creative level all the time. It, it never really leaves. So, you know, you can pick, a, I feel like if you were a performer, 
you can pick them out anywhere. Don't you think yeah. that? <laughs> totally. Totally. You see that all the time. It's like, Oh, what did you do? Were you like a dancer or you whatever? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a special type of person for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love, you know, I remember, I remember when you actually started working at the hedge fund, but yeah, like kind of what you were saying, I mean, probably amongst our group of friends, you were probably the one that we would have expected, you know, that the least because you were, you were probably working the most and kind of had gotten the farthest and been the most quote unquote successful, you know, um, in the business. But I mean, I think that's why, you know, the, the typical idea of courage is, is maybe moving to New York to do musical theater, you know, like kind of starting to do (laughs) that type of work, kind of doing that something that can be very scary. And it does. I mean, obviously it takes a lot of courage to do that, but it also takes a type of courage, I think, to, like you said, trust yourself and to stop doing something that may still be important to you, but maybe doesn't feel as good anymore and is maybe not what you want it to keep doing and to have the sort of insight to say like, maybe I don't want to do this anymore. You know, even though I've dedicated so much of my life to this and even though it's a big part of my identity, it's a big part of like my friend group kind of thing. Right. Um, it defines you. It defines, yeah, it defines you. I'm not taking away from any other career, all careers, not all, but most, they, they define you. And it's, but something, especially something like that, because where do you go from there? You know, truly like even if I hadn't been lucky and someone had liked me at the hedge fund and connected with me on a personal level, no one would look at the resume of, you know, someone who had just done singing and dancing for their job and really, you know, want them maybe. And, and I feel like you can understand this. Like we come from a generation of parents who like, by the time I was born, my dad was in the same job that he retired in. It was, you know, that he was dedicated. That was his life. My mom stayed home. That was her life. And that's not bad or good, but there was no, um, career switches. There was no LinkedIn. There was no, you know, social media memes telling you like, you got this look inward Mm -hmm. and, and, and find your courage. Like that was looked down upon to keep switching up or have a resume that was very spotty. Whereas now I feel like there is the opportunity Mm -hmm. to, you know, move around a lot. Um, but I, I definitely took leaving performing hard and, and deep down it's, it's never left. It's something I, I still have done in, you know, different ways. And I've, you know, joined a choir or been a caroler or just kept up with singing lessons, not knowing what the universe holds, but it, it means a lot to me. And I think, you know, you know, this, like the voice lessons and the dance lessons and all the things that you do, you train so hard. It's never mm-hmm. really gone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, no. always, it's always there and it's in the back of your mind. And you're like, well, what could I create? Could it be a one woman show? Could it be, you know, um, teaching kids, I, who knows, but it's, it, uh, it was, it was a big deal to leave. That's a, <laughs> no, it, it I mean, it is, it is, it is, it is, it is a very specific type of career. It's not like you just show up to a job and, you know, I don't know, work with numbers or something that's right. very kind of external. Like it's a part, like you're using your body and your voice to create, you know, through dance or singing or acting. And so, and it's usually we get into this because it's like a passion. I mean, it's something we absolutely love to do. So it is something that like 
And I love what you said, like it doesn't leave you. And just because it may not be our career or what's like paying our bills, what I've learned throughout the years as I've gone older um, is that it doesn't have to do those things like that. You can still have performing and the arts and create in your life without it having to have that added pressure of it must be the way I like have my, make my living and support my family. That's for some people they're lucky enough or they're they're for some people they're able to do both. Like they're able to be, have performing be their income, but it's also possible to still have it in, have it be in your life and not have it be your income. And that's kind of something that I, I mean, I feel like it took me a long time to realize that like, like literally recent, like in the last couple of years to realize that, oh, I could, I could still be involved in this and still do what I love. Um, not, not have to make it this like daily grind and of this is how I have to support myself. And so I was involved with the regional theater here where I live where, you know, like so exciting. (laughs) So it wasn't like I didn't need it to pay my bills, but I was able to still have it be like, I was able to still perform and create in that way. I think this podcast in some ways is kind of like, you know, I just, I crave like creating and connecting with people. And in some ways this podcast is like a manifestation of that, you know? So I think like, I think it is something that, yeah, it doesn't leave you and that it can show up in different ways. And just because we're not in New York auditioning every day, doesn't mean that we still can't like express ourselves in that way. It's the two F's fear and failure. Right. Yeah. But I think that sometimes it really can mess up the most seasoned performer. And, you know, if you're getting sick before you sing at an audition, something's wrong. Like yeah. it's, it's like, you know, when we were all talking about Simone Biles recently, she's a, and by no means was I or ever even close to her level in her craft, but just notice and noticing and recognizing that no matter what level you get to, those things creep in. And, and if it becomes, you know, something that's not working at the time you have to have the courage to speak up and say, this is not working. It, it's going to be okay. Even though, you know, I have fear of failure, Yeah, of, you know, of what people would think or whatever you have to, it's, it's a shame that, you know, when you were just talking about doing the regional theater, what I really miss the most about musical theater is the, the purity of it. You know, when you're first doing shows in high school, or even when you first get like when we were first um, doing, you know, regional theater at these small theaters um, in the country, it was a show that you like got together and let's do a show. Yeah. And, you know, it was it was fun and creative and beautiful. And it's almost like the further you go and the more successful you are. And then when you have your agent and you're part of the union, it's, it's some people are cut out for it and some people aren't. And, you know, with musical theater specifically, I I did want a family, you know, I met my husband, Daniel Young, and, and we had gotten married and he was always so supportive. He's not in the industry at all. Um, And, but I, I was having a hard time envisioning motherhood like in New York City, what it would be like. And most of the performers that I saw that were able to, you know, still do Broadway shows and have nannies and and live the life they wanted were also doing um, TV and film. Mm-hmm. You know, like you look at like my favorite performer is, is Sutton Foster. I just think she's brilliant. She's special. 
she's unique. And, but, you know, most of my friends here, they, they know her from younger mm -hmm. and from unheads. And I, you know, can say, oh my gosh, when I moved to New York in 2001, 70 million years ago, <laughs> like I got a ticket from waiting in line in the lottery and to go watch Thoroughly Modern Million. She, she changed my life, you know, and she, I mean, yeah, she's a brilliant performer on TV and she's quirky and funny and just has timing like no one else, but she is a musical theater star. Yeah. Like she does an eight minute tap routine and anything goes like <laughs> she's freaking amazing. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people don't get to see that. And yeah. it's like, um, it is a really, it's a special thing and it's fun now to share it with the kids. Um, you know, Daniel and I joke where we tell the kids all the time, you better be a doctor, lawyer, business, like <laughs> Your mom not paying for you to go be so like for music degree. What the heck? But then you see it in them and see, hi, buddy. Your mama's on the, that's my son. He thinks he's part of it too. Um, you can have the pizza. This kind, of parent, this kind of parents I am. I'm like, yeah, have the pizza. It's fine. Go help yourself to some um, pizza. Go help yourself. <laughs> he's the third kid. So at this point it's like 8 a.m. And I'm like, you want a tub of ice cream? That's awesome. Why not? You want that ice cream? I'm just going to sit Friday. Here yeah. Do whatever. <laughs> um, but I just, I, I see, especially, you know, Charlotte, my second, yeah. she, she loves performing. That girl most likely is not going to go get a business degree. We don't know. They're, they all come out who they are. Um, but it's interesting to think like, oh God, here we go again. Like she'll be the <laughs> one that like leaves school at 19 and I'll be like, no. Whereas when I did it, you know, you go and you're like, I can, I can. Yeah. Um, but it's in you, it's something that's in you and it means a lot. And, and I, I think that a big struggle for a lot of former performers, and I don't know if you have had this and you know, you were such a, an excellent dancer and you sang, you know, I just, I always looked up to what a, a, what a performer you were, but I feel like you can relate that, you know, like Beauty and the Beast, right? It was a dream role. I did it for so long and I loved it so much. And you go out and you're like, you know, little town, it's a quiet village. And everybody's like, Whoa! and then all of a sudden you're like, you know, in the morning in your normal life with your normal job and your kids, and you're like, I have breakfast. Does anyone <laughs> want it? And they're like, no, we, we don't care. You are literally the least cool person we've ever seen in our life. And you're like, but so many people loved me before. And I met children after these shows. And, you know, when I played Wendy or Belle and they, they thought I was really cool. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. 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 Get it. Yeah. I know like, sometimes, hey, sometimes I'll like, I'll sing around the house or whatever. And Ellie, my youngest will be like, mommy, can you stop singing? I want to hear this song. <laughs> and you're like, and I'm like, but, but don't you want to hear my voice? You know, <laughs> your mommy was a singer and they're like, eh, I was on I stage, you know, and no, it, it almost, it kind of does bring you, it brings you back down to earth a little bit and reminds you of like, okay, what's the most important and like, um, but yeah. it's hard. I, I mean, I absolutely relate and I still feel like this sometimes like, Oh, did I, did I sell out? Like, did I give up on my passion? You know, like, um, you know, and I mean, I've gone, it's been a, enough time where I really, like, I'm, I feel like, no, it's okay. <laughs> like I made the right no, choice, no, no. But, but it does, there it's is really... that feeling. And, and again, where, what helps me now is that feeling of, I can still have it be a part of my life. And, um, yes. and I think for, for like a decade, I didn't have it part, you know, I would sing in the shower, but I really didn't have it as a part of my life. I was just working my job and having my babies and stuff. And now I've learned there's a lot of opportunities. They may not pay a lot of money or pay any money, but there are, you can create your own thing. You can, 
um, do, you know, community theater, regional theater, you can be in choirs, like even just taking singing lessons or whatever, right. like just going singing, back going back to that, yes. like during the pandemic, I got myself a digital keyboard and I'm trying to teach myself piano. Like, you know, there's just, there's ways that you can still be creative and have that be a part of your life again, without the like added pressure of this has to be, you know, what, right. what brings in all the money. And so that's been helpful. I think to me, to like, oh, well, what can I do to still have it be in my life? Because it is, I think it is it a part, it, it never leaves. It does. It is part of your soul. Like it's music, part of your soul, especially performing yeah. and dancing. Like it's part of your soul. And, you know, it's, it's a process. If you do leave it for, you know, the, the part, one of the processes I think just comes with age and just realizing that, um, success is defined differently. You know, no, I'm not the person in the touring company of beating the beast anymore, or I'm not like on in Hamilton, you know, I'm not at the Tony awards and, and that doesn't, that's okay. It's something I chose and, and I'm okay with that. And I have success in, you know, I helped fix a problem with the job I have now, where I helped, you know, a, a person at school do something like there's, there's beauty in so many, in so many things. And in the beginning, and honestly, for me, it was like for the first decade after I left. And it's been just a little over that now since um, I left, because uh, I was 26, I'm 38 now, um, that you, it was, it was painful. And yeah. it was stuff that I had to work through. Like I couldn't watch the Tony Awards. Mm-hmm. My friends that were still performing, I was so genuinely excited and happy for them. And I'd see them when they toured or talked to them. But it, it, I, I'd cry, you know, yeah. like if I saw what they were doing, um, just even seeing like a musical theater number and like one of the little kid shows when Evelyn was little and we'd watch, you know, watch things on TV and I'd see a musical theater uh, performer on one of, you know, her shows, it would make me feel emptiness and sadness. Like, like there was this little hole that was just right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't have that anymore. And, you know, it's, it's also, I think, very interesting to move through the quote unquote real world with this random, seemingly useless skills, you know, like you're at a PTO meeting or a dinner party with your friends. They're talking about like their jobs or things you do. And you're like, well, did you know that this, like this tap step requires this much and only Vera Ellen could do the flutter tap. And did you know that Stephen Sondheim brings three recurring themes in into the woods and everyone's like, what? are you talking about? And then, but then other people do think it's cool. And, you know, I have a really lovely group of friends now that like, they want to talk about this part of my life. And I'm like, literally in the beginning, sometimes like itching at my chest, like it would be brought up like, no guys, it's really not that big of a deal. It was just, you know, so long ago it was, it was stupid. And they'll say, no, it's exciting. We'd like to know about it. Like, what was it like? What was New York? Like, what was touring? Like, um, you know, can you help my, my daughter or son, you know, coach them to try out for the musical? Um, so it is, it's just a big process of accepting new ways to be creative and mixing with people who, you know, um, want to know about your background. I was at a really good friend's 40th birthday a couple months ago, and we went to this awesome piano bar. It was like a dueling piano bar where they can literally play anything, right? Like you put in, you could put in... Um, a song from Oklahoma, or you could put in WAP and they would literally like, they'll find the chord to it. They'll play it. And let me tell you, it was done. <laughs> um, uh, and they, if you pay like, or tip them enough, they'll let you come up and sing. And my really, really good friend, Julie, 
um, she said, Emma, will you sing for my birthday? And I was like, oh, hell no. Like, yeah. no, like, nope, 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 nope. And then I just thought, you know what? You know, and it went back to that. I know you get this. Oh my gosh, but I'm not warmed up. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. What should I do? And it's like, yeah. you're at a freaking piano bar with a bunch of fun friends and you've had a couple drinks. You can sing. Why not go sing? Yeah, it's a fun. And it was like Shania Twain, you know, I'm going out tonight. It was like easy and fun. And honestly, I'm grateful to Julie and that birthday party. And my friends there were like, just go up and do it. Because it was this totally silly, fun thing for a friend who I love. That then afterwards made me think, you know, as soon as I got that microphone, I felt home again. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should lessons again. And I did, I started to, I signed up for lessons again. I'm just, we'll have my AirPods in when I'm doing boring stuff, like folding all my kids' laundry or getting them ready to go out. And I don't know if it's for anything except for that. I miss doing it and I love it. Yeah. And, and that's that. And I love that. I mean, that's exactly right. That's all it needs to be right now. Like, because you missed it and you love it. And it's a part, like you said, it's a part of your soul. And yeah, I love that. I love that. And that that's such, I totally relate. And that's totally something that I, yeah, I, I always, especially singing. Cause I was never very confident as a singer. Cause I wasn't like trained as a singer. And so it was always like, it always became this very like, well, I can't sing because I, what if I don't sound right? And what if, you know, what are people going to think? And I'm not warmed up and I haven't, you know, practiced right, right. and I haven't done this. And it's this very like, you know, so much pressure. And then I think, see, look at people who just go randomly sing at karaoke. And I'm like, I wish I could be so just casual, you know, <laughs> casual about it. Yeah. And you're like, well, there's something fun. That's why, like, it's just fun. Right. And um, so what I'm trying to do, yeah, is kind of like, just sing, like just sing. It doesn't have to be this whole thing, you know, where you're worried about how you sound or, or whatever. Um, totally. Because what a gift do you have, right? What a gift to be able to just do that. Totally. You know, I, I, I always say, I wish I could, I wish I played an instrument. Like I wish I had learned an instrument. And in some ways you're like, well, your voice is an instrument. Your you know, like is this your is your instrument. Yep. Carries and, right around with you. Yeah. So, yeah. So your I love Your voice that. was beautiful, Katie. Oh, thank I you. I loved seeing you because, you know, we were opposite. Like my dancing was fine, but it wasn't, you know, trained like yours. And I, I love that we were able to kind of be there for each other. You were such a great, I, you were such <laughs> it's cool that your friends are asking you kind of to help maybe with their kids. Cause I remember you being such a support system to me um, with singing. Like I would always ask you, cause I was so green when I started musical theater because I didn't go to a conservatory or, you know, like I grew up dancing. So like, I didn't even know, like, you know, you have to have this whole, I don't know what it's like now, but in our day, you know, you had to this yeah, like, back in, bind, the day. <laughs> back in the day, this like binder of all these songs you were singing and each different type. Like if you were going for like, Rogers and Hammerstein, it was different oh than goodness. if you're going to a yeah. contemporary. So you had this whole like binder of music with your headshot and your resume and all this stuff. And I remember you would always help me like with song ideas, like, okay, if you like want the, the legit sound, like you should do <laughs> this. And if you want like belty, <laughs> this type of thing, you know, so I always, you were always like such a great, and, and you were just when I met you, when we, we met at my first professional job when I was 22 it was mine too. Yeah. and you were always so like supportive. And because again, I was like, didn't, I was, what was I the prostitute in Annie? I think. So yes, I had like were. one little solo <laughs> line. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't a prostitute. No, I wasn't no, a prostitute. You were in I was, I was in Hooverville. Ooh, I, I think I was a prostitute. I think I was, I think I was a prostitute in another 
part of Annie, perhaps, where I just walked perhaps. across the stage. Um, but, but then reading Harry, remember we just read read Harry Potter in the back. Oh yeah, like, I read. I read. Backstage. I had a lot of free time in that show. I read yeah. the entire Harry Potter series. But I remember yeah. I had like a small singing part when I was in Hooverville, and you were we like. Did. And you were like, I love your voice, you know, type of thing. And I was like, really? Your voice was beautiful. Thank and you. we could help each other in that way. And, you know, they do like the kids these days, <laughs> they have it so easy. Do you remember our days at like the New York library? Where we'd oh, go, yes. And you'd go With into the photocopier. Like, the, the photocopier. Yes. And we would, it makes us sound so old, which is sex. like, I don't feel that old. But it, it, the, I think that we are a strange breed. Not like our generation, we lived through like, there were no phones except the ones hooked up to your wall. Yeah, okay? exactly. Right. The cord. And yeah. then, and then you had, you know, um, cassette tapes, right. And you'd mm-hmm. listen to like Mariah Carey hero with your little cassette tape and rewind it and look at all the words, like the lyrics in your little booklet. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was, those were gone. And it was CDs. That was mm-hmm. it. Like there were CDs. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there was, you know, car phones were never, they were only for like certain people, like if you had money or whatever, but was a you could hold a phone in your hand. Like when I graduated high school and went to college and, you know, it was like the flip phone, no texting, (laughs) no, no screen. And now, you know, here we are where you don't, like my kids have never seen a CD. They don't know what it's like to open it up and look at lyrics or like everything is on, on iTunes. Whereas like the first iPod was like the size of my head. And now it's like, there's not even iPods anymore. People are like, what is that? You know, it's all, everyone has access to everything. Like, um, we had to go find music. I still have my two binders upstairs. They're like six pounds each of thousands of pages of sheet music, like alphabetized, put into their, Mm -hmm. their genres. And, now you can just like when Evelyn wanted to, you know, get a song, both my girls are, are in singing um, just in like choir, but um, they take when they were in their studio during COVID and doing all through Zoom, I would just click, click, click the name of the song. If I didn't have it, print it up for them. And there it was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, gosh, how much time and energy that would have saved <laughs> to have all the access to all yeah. that, all that stuff. And, you know, we don't, someone could probably get on Broadway now starting a YouTube channel. They might not need to ever move to New York City or wait in line for a Disney show or, you know, when Hamilton is in town, like they can just market themselves correctly and be a star. Mm -hmm. And it it really is a different, I wouldn't even know. Sometimes people ask, oh, could you advise like my, my high schooler on how to make it now in musical theater? And I'm like, no, I can help them coach them, but I don't even know what it takes anymore because it's so different. I think it's a whole different world. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. You know, it's funny. Sometimes I think about speaking of kind of getting older, like, you know, when I was a teenager wanting, you know, kind of dreaming of musical theater, you know, I would dream of being Eponine in, in Les Mis or like, you know, I loved Rent. So like Maureen, you know, but it's funny now that I'm just turned 41, the roles I dreamed of playing are not necessarily, (laughs) I've kind of outgrown them you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I'm like, I feel like I have to like refresh my idea of, you know, I think especially musical theater, it's an interesting thing as we get older, like how do we fit into it? And like, what roles would we play? Cause all the roles I always dreamed of playing, it was, you know, it was from when I was a, a teenager and I 100%. dreamt of playing roles that were like, I was probably too young maybe to play at that time, but now I'm like, 
technically too old to play. So I feel I'm finding that interesting to be like still wanting to be in this world and still loving musical theater. So like now, you know, I love show. I'll listen to um, Dear Evan Hansen and I'm like, oh, I could be the mom in Dear Evan Hansen. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. too, Because again, it's that awful, like double standard. You know, there are the musical theater male singers I know can play the romance. They can play one of the princes in Into the Woods or Gaston up until probably their 50s, like for the rest of their life. And with us, it's like, oh, you're 35. So you have two choices, the mom or the crone. And I'm like, I don't want to be the crone. I was Belle. I was Wendy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think there is a step away from that. And I'll go back to someone like a Sutton Foster who, and you know, I'd like to think we're like her in the sense that we are, cause she's in, I think 43 now he's youthful looking and, you know, has this beautiful youthful voice and, and energy and not that youthful is what you have to be, but just saying like, I would go see her as um, any part. I would literally go see her in any part. And yeah. I, I feel like now with, you know, the emergence of musicals like Hamilton, yeah. It gives a wide, like anybody of any color or any age really could be any of those, like say the, the sisters. Um, in yeah, Hamilton. no, it's like, true. Yeah. The Skyline sisters, cause I've seen the tour, obviously I've seen the one on, um, you know, the original, uh, a cast on Disney plus, um, and they, they can really be anything. And I think, you know, like with Evan Hansen or other shows that people are writing that are new and unique, I think there's going to be more opportunity which is also very cool, or maybe even just with the traditional shows, different, you know, less stereotyped casting choices for everything. Yeah. Which I think would be so cool. It also gives us opportunity to make something different, which I know is much easier said than done. We've been talking about doing like a cabaret since probably yes. 15 years Forever. ago, maybe more yeah. at that little coffee shop. Remember yeah. when we worked um, downtown and you had a break and we talked about it and I still haven't ruled it out. It's just, I haven't. You know, it's tricky, but that's, but I also feel like in a better, more confident place to do that too now than I would have then, because then I would have been in my head thinking about my, my movements and thinking about how my voice sounded, my mix in this part of the song, what am I putting out there and what agents are watching me versus now where it's like, you know, who cares? <laughs> I got three kids who don't think I'm that cool. So I'm just going to sing and do whatever I want, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I, I think that's neat too, to be able to, you know, people like social media and YouTube, it's a, again, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. It's like, there are, as with everything in life, there's a duality, right? You, there are bad parts of social media, like taking away from us being present or there's, you know, with YouTube, there's just so much out there and some of it is bad content. Um, and every, you have to be on all the time. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, there's so many ways to connect with people friends and family who are across the country. There's so many ways to put yourself out there should you want to and you don't have a medium and you just want to record a song and put it on YouTube or yeah. put it wherever you want. Like, I think that's a really beautiful thing mm-hmm. um, for people. So I, I don't think anything is is all bad. Like everything has dark and light. Everything has good and bad. Um, and I, I think that that's a cool opportunity for you or me or, you know, my, my little girls, for anybody to know that we, if they wanted to put something out there, they, they could. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's kind of cool. No, it is. I mean, I think that is th- sort of like the, the gatekeepers 
don't necessarily have the same power like they used to, because there are all these ways like, you know, people can just put their music on, like you said, YouTube or TikTok or, and get fans that way and get, and kind of go in that way instead of where it used to be. Like there were these agents, there were these casting companies, there were these, and that's, that's kind of the only lane you had. And now I feel like young people can kind of go around some of that. Um, They can go around totally. Remember how much it would have cost us to actually put on a cabaret? Oh, because yeah. we would have had to go, you know, probably through an, like an agent, yeah. had an agent, and then getting the right amount of drink and ticket sales, getting the venue secured. Um, you know, just it would have been would have been much harder than it is yeah. now. That we could do cabaret and put on YouTube and just see how it did. Yeah, Send exactly. it to our friends and family. Do it exactly. just for us, you know. And I appreciate that that part of it. Like, I don't think social media or any of this is all bad. But then again, I've never thought anything is all bad or all good. Yeah. Everything is dual. Yeah, you know, yeah, we as people are for sure. Totally. Um, but I, I kind of love that because there's so many cool things to see and to discover. And I can, I, I love that if the girls want to know, um, uh, like Charlotte was interested in talking about tap dancing. And my, my friend who I was talking about earlier, whose birthday party, I did like a the karaoke song at, she has daughters and they're all a lot of their dance and singing. And they were talking about tapping being kind of a lost art. Cause a lot of the mm-hmm. studios don't focus on tap anymore. And I was like, wow, click, click, click. Two seconds later, check out this tap number. It's like I was Sutton Foster doing forget about the boy at the Tonys or check out, um, you know, Vera Ellen doing a flutter tap. You, you can look up anything and show, mm-hmm. expose your children or, or people you're around to things that you wouldn't have been able to do so easily before. Yeah. I, mean, I love that. And I, I mean, that is one thing I love. Like, I think I grew up listening to music. You know, my dad, my dad was really into like big band music and like, I I feel like I grew up listening to music that maybe some of my peers weren't listening to, you know, like kind of older music. And I like the idea of kind of exposing my kids to musical theater, you know, like to things that, that maybe not all people are listening to, but, you know, and singing, like, even though my daughter will tell me to stop singing, like I do (laughs) sing a lot. Like, I feel like we there's a lot of singing happening in our household, you know, because yeah. I just love to sing and I, you know, we'll listen to Disney music or we'll listen to, to musical theater or whatever. And, um, I love being able to expose them to that. And I hope once, you know, I grew up going to like the local theater in my, in our town, and they would put on musical productions and, you know, like I hoped when we can kind of start going back to live theater, like to be able to expose them to that kind of stuff. Cause I do think it is a very special and unique thing. Um, yeah. I know Carmen, who's the same age as Charlotte. Uh-huh. They love def- loves like <laughs> love singing and, and um, just, and she feels very comfortable different than I was at her age. Like she feels very yeah. comfortable doing that in front of people. Like I was always a little more shy. Um, so it's interesting. It is. And it's interesting to think of, you know, what if, this is something she wants to do even just for fun as a kid. Like it's always been me in the show, you know, like, but what about being supporting her in this as right. well is kind of an interesting reversal of roles, but I'm kind of like, cool, that would be fun to help her through that process. You know, hundred um, yeah, it's just, it's such an yeah. interesting thing. Cause you have a perspective that other parents might not have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was, there was a moment um, a few, a few weeks ago, I think maybe last month, I don't know, time's so fast and slow at the same time, yeah. you know, like right now, especially with everything going on. But, um, uh, Daniel, my husband was 
a far better musician than I ever would have been. I mean, he could play every instrument. It's an excellent at piano. Um, didn't, did, never did it for a living, but just was such a talented musical presence. And um, I think it was last year, his parents shipped the piano from their home that he grew up playing on. And we've had it here. And, you know, I played, but I, I, I couldn't play now. And I, I really focused on singing and branched out into that. But there is a moment where he was playing and he could just, you know, the girls picked what they wanted to, to play. And I think it was like an Imagine Dragon song. Mm -hmm. And he was just playing it like kind of more of an acoustic version of it. And, and they were singing and then they said, mommy, come. And I sing with them. And I just thought, you know, if all of my training literally led to this, this for me can be my Tony Moore. Like this can be my, this is such a beautiful thing. Like one day they'll be growing up, they'll be, they'll be out of the house and, um, Hopefully they'll always remember because I know I always will. And I don't think all houses have music like that. And it was, I just thought, how lucky are we mm -hmm. to get to be sitting and singing? And, and I think that for these kids too, musicals are coming back in cool ways. Like there's that show. I don't know if your girls have watched Julie and the Phantoms. Oh no, they haven't watched that. I've okay. heard of it. It is so good. It's so good. And the kids are so talented. And what I love most about it is, you know, it's not just like, um, like High School Musical or Descendants, which listen, I love those, but they are like born and bred Disney kids in those shows. Like, you know, they are kids that have been in the industry, plugged into these shows and they're super talented and awesome. And they're fun and great musicals. But what I like about Julian the Phantoms is the lead girl specifically, she's 16. She is a normal body type and weight. Um, she has like a cute little gap in between her teeth. She has like cool, beautiful, curly hair. And she has this voice, like they plucked her literally up from like Brooklyn. And she had done like some YouTube videos and was in like a performing arts school. And she is so awesome. And her voice is so powerful. And she does things in an untrained way. But sometimes I know you'll get this, like when you're overtrained, it takes the magic out. Mm -hmm. And she has that magic. And the girls watch her and they want to sing her songs. And they've had dad go and like find the chords to those songs. And Charlotte especially will like belt that stuff out. And it's really cool to watch them experience music in that way and know that, you know, musicals, They've, they've never died. They'll be here forever. Yeah. And it's neat to get to, like you said, have this perspective now as a parent who was in the industry, um, watch it and, and see what they're, what they're into and what they yeah. love. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love it too. I like to ask people this, if there's anything you're working through now or something that's coming up, that's kind of bringing up some, or that's requiring some courage or bringing up some vulnerability that you're kind of working through? Sure, I think for me right now, I'm in a really good place. I mean, and I definitely wasn't like you saw through our move you know, from the East Coast and with, with my second daughter, Charlotte, I had really bad postpartum after, which is hard to me to accept and, and, and deal with. But you know, now my kids, my girls are eight and six and Harrison is four. And I feel, you know, we're not in that baby phase anymore. So I feel a lot more free and relaxed and able to reconnect with Daniel. I feel like we have a good group of friends. I feel in this good place, at, but my, my theme and my struggle still is, is acceptance. Yeah. Acceptance and just fully accepting, not just accepting like on, on a, a superficial level, but accepting in a way that's like, everything you do is a healthy choice and it's a, it's a 
and gives you a healthy response. Like whether it be saying no, you know, as a people pleaser, that's hard for me to do (laughs) saying no to hanging out with certain people or saying no to overloading my plate. Like I've always been type A, you know me, I've always been a people pleaser. Um, And this goes beyond performing. It's in, in every aspect of my life. And I've felt better taking a step back and accepting that you can't do everything. You don't have to do everything and you don't have to be great at everything. Um, And that has bled into for me, you know, social media. Like I got off Facebook because it became toxic and it was like in my brain and it's not Facebook that was bad. It was my reaction to it. I allow myself one social media platform for me, it's Instagram. So I can be able to connect with friends and family who I don't see all the time and share what we're doing and what we're up to and share the children. And that acceptance for me is I don't use filters. I will not go to look at what I look like in a picture. Hopefully, I mean, yes, we pose and yes, like we put the best out there because you're not going to post a picture of yourself crying in the laundry room, screaming at your kids and your husband because you're just over it. Right. So I'm not saying that what I put out there is like perfectly authentic because nothing any of us put out there is, you know, but I want to accept who I am, what I am, say no to things I don't want to do, you know, not fabricate things that go out online or spend time because I I fully admit that I used, I used to do this. I would look at things that I posted and think, do I look old? Like if someone from high school saw, like, do I look okay? Does my life look successful? And I think that's not just from a former performer. I think that's kind of all of us now. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, with that double-edged sword of it. So I just think having the courage to accept and to be, and to choose choices that make you happy choose to connect to the people you want to and choose to put out their goodness because the world is freaking crazy right now. We all know it. I, I don't think that it's crazy, the craziest it's ever been, you know, having talked to someone like my grandma who lived through the depression and typhoid mm-hmm. and, you know, um, the, the Spanish flu and um, World War One or World War II, excuse me, and a lot of, you know, like race rights and what happened in the 60s. Um, so I don't think that we're as unique as we think we are with all the mm-hmm. things going on. I definitely think we're at a crossroads. I'm not taking away from it. Um, but I think that we have power, especially as parents, to, you know, be, be act as active as we can, but also to put out there good people that care and, you know, and, and put out good energy and, and just do our best to try to be a light in so much confusion and darkness. And um, I, I think the courage you accept who you are will help us all do that, whether you're a parent or not, like what you put out there matters. Um, and I think that we should all be courageous and be, be good and kind and just do our best, right? <laughs> what else can we do? Thank you so much to Emma for this wonderful conversation. As I mentioned in the introduction, I felt very inspired by this conversation. It was such a good reminder to honor our creativity and sing and dance and be musical and make sure to spend time doing the things that really light you up. And again, they don't have to pay the bills or be your career to be important and worthy of your time and your focus. So thank you, Emma, for this conversation and for, for really reminding me of that. As always, would love to hear from you. 
what you've learned from this conversation and how you may incorporate some of those lessons into your own life. And until next time, thank you so much for joining me in Learning Courage.